Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How would you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset, and that's when you can reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Look, it's summertime. Transfer window is coming up. It's gonna get crazy. So if you ever just wanna, again, take a step back and relax, read the transfer rounds, read the gossip rumors, grab a Coors Light. It'll be perfect companion for all those transfer merry-go-rounds. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when the beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Now that it's finally hot in Minnesota, I'm going to be looking for an easy beer to drink, and Coors Light is perfect for that. It's lagered, it's cold filtered, and it's cold packaged. It's, again, made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies perfect for a moment to unwind and so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get coors light in the new look delivered straight to your door with drizzly or instacart coors brewing company golden colorado and as always celebrate all right so you're listening to this podcast right now london is blue and guess what we host our podcast on anchor.fm that's right if you're looking to host your own podcast this is the easiest free way to get started. This got a content creation tool allows you to record and the podcast right from a phone. That's right. Don't even need a computer, but you can do it there too. They'll also help you distribute it, which is probably the most challenging part. You don't want to have to mess with that. They got you covered. You can get it right on a Spotify and Apple podcast as well as any other place podcasts are found. And you know what? You can monetize it too. Make a little cash for sharing your great content with the world. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one individual place. So you know what? Head over to your app store, download the Anchor app, or head to anchor.fm to get started if you're ready to launch your podcast and make it happen. This is Cesar Pliqueta. This is William. This is Ali Riley. Hi, this is Ruben Loftus-Cheek, and you're listening to the London is Blue podcast. Welcome back, Chelsea fans, to another episode of the London is Blue podcast, your home for all things Chelsea FC. Dan, Mike, Nick, and myself cover all of Chelsea's latest matches, team news, and even throw you some exclusive interviews. Thank you for being an awesome listener, and with no further delay, let's jump right in. And we're back, Chelsea fans, with another Monday night edition of the London is Blue podcast. Genuinely my least favorite night to record, Dan. I can't really be bothered after a long day's work to to do the prep work. I'm not going to lie. Well, you know, this is the last recording, though, that we're going to do before the new Ever? Game of Thrones season oh. starts. No, that's false. We'll, we'll do the Liverpool game. Well, As you yeah, can tell, Liverpool, we have done come zero out planning this week. After, <laughs> after the premiere. Off to a flying start. <laughs> All right. Dan Dahmer's well, a liar. Do, 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 As do, you can do, hear, do, 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 Nick do, and, do, do, and Mike are with us. So uh, buckle it. up, guys. It's going to be a wild ride tonight. Yeah. Uh, Dan, let's let's have you reset. So good news. Uh, ton of iTunes reviews. People trying to get that 500th spot. Yeah. Uh, if you want to reset, remember that Nick was going to talk about the football blogging awards first. <laughs> Not first. Uh, all right. Well, look, I'm going to get us back on track here because uh, the um, reviews on our football blogging awards entry are, are, have been awesome. And there have been a lot of entries so far, a lot of feedback for us. Uh, we're really excited that this is kind of taken off. We still need your help. Um, we still need as many votes as possible. 
uh, to to make it as the uh, as the winner of our category, which is best international content creator. Uh, so there are three different ways you can vote. Um, the first being that if you go to the website footballbloggingawards.co.uk, click the drop down under best international content creator, hit that old London is blue podcast that that will count as a vote. Uh, on Instagram, they have a post. If you go to at football blogging awards that has best international content creator as a photo. If you go and comment at London blue pod underneath that, uh, that will count as a vote. And then on Twitter, uh, there is a you know a couple different ways to do this, but essentially there's a copy paste that we have pinned on our on our Twitter feed that you can just click that will say I am voting for uh, the at London Blue Pod in the at f at the FBAs uh, as best hashtag international content creator um, or hashtag best international content creator. Now that I butchered that. Um, so there are a lot of different ways to do this. We would love if you guys did all three because that counts as three independent votes uh, and we need all the votes we can get against the 14 other uh, um, competitors in our category. We also want you to vote for the Chelsea Fancast as the best podcast. I mean, those are our brothers on the other side of the pond and they do a great job and we're supporting each other in this venture. And then the always cheating podcast, right, Dan, as the uh, the best fantasy. Yeah, that's correct. And hey, there's there's 14 others in this group with us. One of them is the Gooners podcast, Ugh. which sounds to me like they represent an awful, a god-awful team and the other side of London. And <laughs> I've seen a lot of mobilization. And you know what? I'm not frequently concerned about many things. I tend to be very even-keeled, as you know, Nicholas. But mm. uh, I would not like to lose to Arsenal supporters in this uh, competition. And I think we need some help to avoid that fate. We do. Could, could y'all just do this this favor for us? Go help us. Uh, I've also posted this on Facebook, um, on our Facebook page, just if you need some extra instruction, all three different ways to vote there. Uh, we would just really appreciate it. Uh, this is you know potentially a really cool honor for us. And we've worked really hard to get you know to the point to be recognized. So... Uh, let's see this thing through. All right. It's going to be a blast. Appreciate all the support um, that we've gotten and appreciate that we're getting in the future. So, Dan, back to your iTunes reviews that you messed up. Well, it's it's now in the right order, as we discussed before <laughs> the recording. Uh, typically, we have a script. We don't have a script tonight. Uh, Scriptless. This is what happens. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's a crazy period. So uh, 15 new iTunes reviews since we last discussed actually pushed us well over the 500 total lifetime U.S. iTunes reviews. Yeah. We cannot thank you enough, everyone who's contributed a review. It doesn't mean you should stop if you haven't contributed one right now, but you, know, you should do that. But we want to thank some people. We want to thank uh, Trey XOR7, saying great stuff, lads, up the Chels. We have uh, Jaja Ganja for forward slash 20 not sure huh. what that's a reference to yeah i wonder what that means <laughs> <laughs> london is blue pod puts out a great amount of content love this pod we had uh filbert 78 great for breaking down the win or counseling you through slash venting about a loss norton three uh three four seven six saying me a big casual football fan over the years jumped on the chelsea train this season found the podcast and it's been the perfect pairing for his new uh fanaticism which is amazing we have uh gusha who is telling us next time we're in St. Pete, potentially see a Rowdies match. We can go hit him up and we'll go grab a beer. It sounds wonderful. Daz and Blaze from Australia, giving us some love as well, too, from down under. We appreciate that. Nick's favorite one that we received <laughs> this week, 
from L. Duke Silver. L, nice little Parks and Rec love. Yep. Yeah, sex is great. But have y'all listened to the London is Blue Pod? Question mark. Hey, I don't. <laughs> I haven't. He- I haven't heard a better review than that. That's the best it's, one. It's up there. B Hall fifteen. Uh, also giving us some love. Region twenty. We have uh, Ank Khan. We have uh, Su Long Bao. We have Joe Cole B. So I guess Joe Cole's brother, twin, Mirror Universe individual, giving us some love there. Uh, Texas Solar, Mike Wazowski, Sports G Man, all giving us some love. Amazing five star reviews, and we cannot thank you enough. It's what helps other people find us through iTunes when they review the show. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Keep them coming, and we will continue to praise you on the podcast. Back to the regular order of things, Brandon. Road to 600 people, that's all I have to say. 500 is done. On to the next one. But we do have Patreon. A huge shout to Marty, Harrison, Andrew, and Remy. All of you, we will see you in the Discord. Uh, enjoying the magic that is Ed Nazard uh, in fine form today because that just blew up the chat with the the just ridiculousness that he put on display today. Uh, so that's what you guys have to look forward to, so welcome. Um, anyways, it is time to jump right into the match review. Uh, let's see, West Ham, West Ham United in the Premier League. It was at Stamford Bridge this past Monday April 8th, pretty shit day. Uh, Mike, what are you talking about score predictions for? What do you know about a correct score prediction? Um, we had six people who got the scores correct. Um, shout out to Nick Leonardson from our Discord channel. And then coming up strong is uh, Instagram. We had uh, Y.Indra, DevGum9, um, Papula William, uh, Mycel, uh Lita. Uh, so that's two weeks in a row for him. So congrats there. Ooh, and HM, yeah, HM Hill 94. We might want to uh, talk to him before the next match and put some money down. Uh, <laughs> that or maybe he can give you some hints, Nick, so you can get back on your streak. Look, look, here's what I'm doing. Can I explain to you my 1-1 square prediction that I'm going to carry through the end of the year? Uh, I don't quite yet believe this team has turned a corner. So until they do... I'm going with a 1-1 in the hopes that they keep proving me wrong. How about that? <laughs> I, I like it. Meh. I'll take it. Meh. Yeah. Eh. All right. Lineup time. Uh, Dan, we've got, well, there's there's Maurizio's lineup, and then there's Twitter's lineup. Which one do we have today? It, I mean, can you tell the difference between the two anymore? Because they are very, very similar. Kepa starts in goal. We had Rudiger. We had Azpilicueta. We had Luis. We had Emerson making up our back four. Jorginho Conte, Ruben Loftus-Cheek. Also a good shout-out to remember if you have not seen, if you're new to the podcast, have not seen our interview with Ruben, check out the YouTube channel. He's amazing. We're so excited. He's making the starting lineup, getting Premier League starts. Then Higuain, Hazard, and Callum Hudson-Odoi. The Chocho train continues to go on, pushing Nick one start closer, one more start closer to having to dye his beer blue in Boston. Very excited about that. Two more starts left. You know Sarri's going to do it. You know he's going to do it. Uh, substitutes can, included Willie Caballero, Andreas Christensen, Ross Barkley made an appearance in the 70th minute, Mateo Kovacic, Pedro, who came on in the 85th, and Olivia Giroud, who came on in the 74th, and then Willian as a unused subbed. All right. Well, well done. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be interesting you're, you're to welcome, see Brandon. if this, if, uh, if obviously the lineup sticks. I think we'll get into that a little bit. 
Um, but the goals, I mean, Mike, we'll let you go ahead and, and run the first one, obviously being an absolute moment of brilliance from one Eden Azard in the 24th minute, the most generous assist given ever to Ruben off his <laughs> yeah. cheek who passed it to him from about the midfield line and just watched. Yeah, I mean, I think... There are great goals and there are just goals that will live in your your mind forever. And I think if you, you know, if you listen to the announcers as they're talking about this, I think very much this is probably goal of the season, maybe one of the better goals that Eden's ever had. And it's just just ridiculous. Just ice skated through um, too many men and just slotted at home. Um, I think we were all just aghast and dumbstruck, you know. Uh, Nick, what were your thoughts when you saw it? Uh, so I rate Eden Hazard goals by how excited he is in the celebration after, because when he's really excited, it means that he's done something outrageous. Because most of the time, he's kind of just a you know, kind of a cool customer. He might might do a knee slide here or there, but he just knows he's good, right? Mm-hmm. He did the full sprint, double hands over the ears. Let me hear you. Let me hear you all the way in the back. <laughs> I want to hear it all the way up top. And then and then he said he wasn't doing knee slides anymore because it hurt his knees. He did a knee slide from about, I don't know, the the whatever, the edge of the 18-yard box all the way to the corner flag. Uh, he built up some speed, uh, which was good. Really saw that thing through. I mean, look, guys, the, the, Martin Tyler in this match, you know, at the end said something kind of ominous um, about Chelsea football club, but it absolutely was the case. And it essentially, you know, to paraphrase his, his thing, the difference between West Ham United and Chelsea football club, Eden Hazard. And as ominous as that sounds, I mean, specifically today, Dan, I mean, that, that was the case. I mean, he was just a cut above. Yeah. I mean, when he is in this type of form and when you look at just how well he has played this season, you know, relative to other seasons, you know, he's 16 goals tied for fourth most or fourth most overall, has the most assists at 12, has 10, it's 110 successful take-ons, 85 chances created, 95 fouls won, 13 man of the match appearances, and then 28 goal contributions, all of which are the most in the Premier League, and yet he is not being spoken about in the same way that Virgil van Dyke for Liverpool or some other players are being talked about right now in this part of the season as being the, quote, best player in the Premier League, unquote. This version of Eden Hazard, Brandon, is the one that people talk about as being close or comparable or relating to that same stratosphere of Ronaldo and Messi that few players ever get into that orbit of conversation. Yeah. Um, it was a good day for him, obviously, uh, because he did bag the second goal uh, in the 90th minute. Assist went to Barkley in that one. Um, that one being... great. Si- it was a great pass, by the way, Brandon. That was a wonderful pass from Barkley. No, for sure. I mean, thankfully... Uh, so it was weird. I caught... It seemed like West Ham just... <laughs> I don't know. They didn't pressure Barkley. They didn't mark Eden on the back post. They just looked completely uh, disconnected defensively today. Uh, And the fact that they gave, they decided to give up the middle and let Eden run in from the outside at the middle. It was just a, it was a perfect day for him, right? He got to run at a back line in the middle of the field. uh, And that's when he's at his best. I can't believe that, you know, West Ham opened that space up for him, but 
he was able to take advantage and, and do what he does best. And, and he literally put on a show today, you know, Clayton saying that on Twitter, he was going to, he's proud that he'll be able to look back and, and say he watched Ed Nazard play for Chelsea. Uh, and I think that's a, a cool thing to give perspective of. I, I can't remember who else it was, but they were essentially saying that most Chelsea fans haven't seen a player like this since Gianfranco Zola. It, just the way he dances and can electrify the stadium, it is so unique. And um, yeah, I, I think it's just a, a cool perspective and a good reminder. I, I was split. Someone on the radio was saying, was this better than when he spun Coquelin and, and dribbled the entire Arsenal team? Oh, I don't know. It, it might be just because he beat so. more players in a tight in tighter no. space. Yeah, uh, but I, so I would counter, I'll, Mike, you go in a sec. Um, <laughs> after I, me. I, I, after me. Um, wait, wait, wait a Kanye, uh, Kanye in there. <laughs> Mike, I'm going to let you finish. Um, but I think the Arsenal goal was better because that was in a game where we were, uh, you know, in the title race. And by winning that game, we elevated oh, ourselves whoa, whoa, whoa. in Nick, the title Nick, race. Nick, hold on. I'm going to let you finish. Spurs think they're in the title race right now. <laughs> and we have more points than them. So we clearly are in that title race, too. I don't equivocate Chelsea to Spurs, Dan. That's a thing I don't do. I'm, I'm Mike, just saying. Please, they said they uh, they said they were in the title race. Are they? Are we making DVDs yet? The press is hard at work. They, they can't even do the pressure was put on this year because there's like a 20 point gap. <laughs> no, I, I would have to say. I mean, I think um, his goal against Arsenal was a bit of like Marshawn Marshawn Lynch against the Saints, just kind of complete beast mode, oh, yeah. taking on the whole team, running through. So many, you know, so many people had chances to stop it. This was completely different, but I, I still like, I don't know. And I think you also put up the goal against Tottenham um, that gave uh, Jamie oh, the Vardy the a bridge. reason to party. Yeah, <clears throat> that that will always stand out for me too as well because I think that was, uh, I don't know, they're all just kind of different moments in time. You know, we needed that hope against Tottenham to kind of keep them from beating us at home. And, you know, I don't know, I, I just... To me, I know you were saying it's a little, you felt bad about, or the comment about, you know, the differences, you know, Eden Hazard, the difference between us and, and West Ham. But I mean, come on, he's, he's a world-class player. So I think, I don't know, he's going to be the difference between us and most teams any day, right? A bit of stating the obvious, obvi- yeah. obviously. Captain Obvious. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, well, with that, with that clutch phase, Brandon, let me bring in another clutch stat. Uh, with his second goal of the night, Eden Hazard passed Cristiano Ronaldo in all-time Premier League scoring. Both have played seven Premier League seasons. So I hear that Ronaldo was a decent player back in the day. Um, not in the Prem. Yeah, not in the Prem, obviously. <laughs> yeah, he's only he only won the league a handful of times. But yeah, 85 goals for Eden Hazard in the Premier League. Not too shabby. I think he moved up to ninth all time in Chelsea scoring list as well. So he's, well, so he's got quite a way to catch Frank, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, obviously he's got he's got that going for him. Um, Zero accusations. As reason well, right? alone to stay. Reason alone to stay, Eden. <laughs> Let's do it. I just want Frank to call him and shit talk him, like just to try and like get him. Oh, have we get tried him motivated that as a yeah. negotiation tactic? Like, <laughs> hey. Hey Frank, we're gonna continue loaning you really, really good players to make sure that Darby can, you know, compete. But here's what we're gonna need from you. Here's Eden's personal number. Just make a call. Yeah. Hey, Light shit talking. It's okay. Agent Lamps, make it happen. Yeah. I'm sure he still has his number, Dan. Um, uh, you never know. 
Okay, so uh, a, a quick question on this one. So this is now kind of the second game in a row, second match in a row we've seen. Uh, Hudson Adoy, big minutes. Ruben, big minutes. This is probably one of the first times we haven't seen Pedro and or Williams starting as well. Um, the first time we played Brighton, and I don't know, I was kind of like, hey, it could be a little bit of a one-off. Brighton or you know, around the bottom of the table. West Ham are a much better opponent. I'm not saying they're having an amazing season, uh, but they are, are a much more solid team right now. They, they picked up some good results in the second half of the season. Um, so I guess you know, the last episode we had was, you know, do, do, is this Chelsea's best eleven? The, the question comes up again. So this is now the second time, except what Christensen was in last last time, not this and time. Giroud, and Giroud started. And yeah. Giroud started. Giroud. Not a great game for Iguain. And, and um, not at all. Can, can I can I be the first to say that? Um, I think I you need to be the first to say. I was very disappointed <laughs> in because you got called out on Twitter specifically. No, 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 look, yeah, well, <laughs> who 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 reads Twitter? Um, uh, <laughs> I do, and Chad certainly does. <laughs> well, Chad, you can. Uh, I'll give you my number, and you can call me. Um, no, I look. I think that Iguain tried to do way too much. You know, he had opportunities, and he took too many touches. I think he's unfortunately just just not feeling it. And I think there were too many. There were too many. There were multiple times today in which I saw him try to do that final link up play, and it just went to you know a player wearing a maroon kit and um i thought that Giroud should have come in much earlier uh it's unfortunate but um i think i would agree that i would put Giroud up top wow. in the premier league for the rest of the season boy yeah that hey. look and that means a lot to me mike um, i'm not <laughs> i look i think we can all agree i got that one dead on oh, uh, dead Christ. on uh, no, look, I, the and it's not, it's, folks. you know, I'm only, I'm only lightly ribbing you because I think the answer has been pretty apparent for a long time that it's just not happening for Egwene in the league. It doesn't mean that he still couldn't turn it on the Europa League, right? Like, it, honestly, I think the, the levels and the style of play in the Europa League is so different right now yeah. that if I were, if I were Mauricio sorry, I would have started Giroud again today. I would have started Christensen again today. And I would have made that same lineup work again. And I would have transitioned the other players, the Alonzos, the Iguains, the Barclays, Kovacic's, everyone else into the Europa League. And, you know, look, you guys were once my starting, you know, kind of Premier League starters. Now I need you to do it in the Europa League because both competitions really matter. But one group is getting it done here and one group needs to get it done over here. And look, sometimes you just have to play a role on a team. Dan, like I, I, I would hope that these guys are committed for these final whatever up to ten games that we have left to just do the business. Yeah, I mean, I think we are very, very lucky. Um, whether through an opportunity, whether through injury, obviously Pedro was injured over the past couple of weeks, which pushes Callum a little bit further forward. Callum and Ruben have both gotten an opportunity to get. Premier League starts and Premier League minutes. And as much as I want to talk about the good things that Callum did in this game, holy fucking shit. Ruben Loftus-Cheek was just an absolute destroyer in midfield. And everybody wanted to talk about Declan Rice coming in this game. Oh, boy, oh, boy. You know, he's going to pay back Chelsea for letting him go. They missed out on this such a great thing. And Ruben Loftus-Cheek was the underlining story. If, if Hazard didn't have 
the game that he had today, every article would be talking about Ruben Loftus cheek and what he did in this match. One assist, 60 touches, 80% pass accuracy, one or two long balls, two key passes, one or two shots, uh, five out of seven dribbles, six out of nine duels, one out of one tackle, one interception, one block, three recoveries. He was everywhere and was a key part of our attack. And I know it was really unfortunate, I think, when the fans booed the substitution and when uh, Barkley came on in replacement for Ruben. Um, But, you know, Ruben also should be like, bubble wrapped and put into plastic to make sure his back is not an issue because he clearly brings a different dimension right now, Mike, and we need that for the remaining games. So I am very much in favor of sorry, pulling him a little early rather than leaving him in longer and risking re-aggravating that back. No, I'm hundred percent with you. Uh, I mean, let's be honest. If you're booing the team when we're winning, come on, man, support the club. We need to finish it out. And and you're right. We need, we need Ruben healthy, and if that means a shorter appearance in a, in a match against West Ham, you know who you know potentially you know closing it out. There's some dirty tackles. I think we were all a little tense that we only had that one goal lead, but you know I actually I'm going to say I think one of the huge differences in this matchup today was actually um, was Calum Hudson Adoy. I think he opened up West Ham on that right side, um, and. You know, it was very, very obvious that um, that uh, I'm sorry, uh, Felipe Anderson did not want to cover back, and it just gave him yards of room. And I think he exploited it. And I think um, as well, you know, Conte was magnificent. He, he has, uh, I, I just, I watch what he did today. His his heel flick to Espilicueta was one of the most beautiful heel flicks I've ever seen, and I never thought I would see that dude. Uh, heel flicking the ball and making some of the passes he made today. I think that's just, I can see what Sari was thinking when he put him there. Um, and, you know, I, I will say the the one change that I think that, Nick, you were wrong about is that I think Rudiger made a tremendous difference today. Uh, I think he played much better, and I think we needed his speed at the back to help cover to help cover Dave a little bit, and he shut down some of the... Uh, you know, he shut down Felipe Anderson as well when he made these wrong, long marauding, you know, attacks into the box. And I, I think that this is good confidence game. And, and I think we'll need Rudiger at his best if we're going to, I, you know, get maximum points out of the last five Premier League matches. Yeah. I mean, look, uh, Brandon, uh, Ruben laughs his cheek to, to go back to this. I think as we watch this game today, showed to me, I think the grace and like just class he has on the ball first and foremost and then complemented that with absolute boss mode strength um he at, there were three different times in the midfield where Declan Rice was trying to mark him off the ball and completely just one arm get off me <laughs> i'm not having it i'm moving the ball down the field when he does that and and when he moves the ball forward, I, he has a burst of pace after he kind of wrecks somebody that is very rare. Um, it's something that I think we should all be very excited about because if he can stay healthy, we we can look forward to a midfield of that, and that would be uh, that would be pretty good. That's yeah, a- absolutely. Um, it, it, it's a it's a short turnaround. You know, Thursday they're gonna head to head to uh, Slavia Prague, which 
the own Chelsea website mixed up. A bit embarrassing, but they got over it. Um, and yeah, so they, they have a huge road trip. Um, you talk about Ruben's fitness, all these guys' fitness. When you have a day of travel, granted they're flying in luxury, right? Very, very comfortable it, it, you know, um, planes and things like that. It still takes a lot out of you, and it's not the, the most ideal situation. Um, so essentially, you what will travel Tuesday night or Wednesday morning, train Wednesday, game Thursday, uh, probably back super late Thursday night, Friday, and then you're looking at Sunday. So Maritza is going to have a lot of man management to take care of, and you know why Slavia Prague probably isn't the biggest concern. It's still you know a, a knockout match in the Europa League. And while we are uncomfortably sitting in third place, kind of probably surprised ourselves a little bit that we would find ourselves in this position after, you know, results not going our way uh, in, in the recent past. We're in a really good situation to to lock down the top four the, the good old-fashioned way, you know. And I, I'm just worried of what, what the team's going to look like this Thursday and then for Sunday against Liverpool. Uh, so so the one thing I would say to that, Brandon, is that you talk about this idea that like we're surprised we should be third. Like this this team, outside of some pretty unique results, and I would say the loss to you know City, the loss to Bournemouth, you know, the that we really should have been in this position, you know, with our own destiny in hand much earlier in the season. And this kind of Roller coaster event that has occurred in the last couple of months has finally looked like it potentially is about to stabilize at just the right time for us to hopefully take hopefully take advantage of a Liverpool team that is going to have shades of the Gerard slip running through their minds as they think about approaching us on this upcoming weekend. The fact that we still have to play. You know, several other teams, you know, away from home, but at home, we actually have conceded the least number of goals this season out of any other Premier League team. Like, we are a beneficiary, I think, of parts of our schedule, but, you know, we still have to play United and, you know, they've been informed. And so I I get what you're saying, but I, I actually think that, like, we are still underperforming where we could be relative to a Tottenham team that doesn't know what it means to ever win anything, an Arsenal team that is also in rebuild mode, and a United team that basically is only resurgent because they made the right decision to sack their coach at a point in the season. I don't know. I mean, I, I think if you look at the other squads, I'd still say Chelsea on paper are quite a bit weaker um, than, than some of those teams. I think that with the new manager and the, and the disconnection, um, I, it's been a weird season. I think that the fact that we had all pretty much all but ruled out top six a couple weeks ago, or I'm sorry, top four because we were in six a couple weeks ago, I think it just kind of shows you like it. We fell into this a little bit, and it's great. Like Chelsea have won three Premier League matches in a row. We haven't won this many matches in a row since August when we won five at the beginning of the season. Like that's the kind of up and down season it's been, uh, and it's been it's just been weird. Uh, it, to me, it's just the fact that we're in third and I know we're a, a match ahead, uh, than most of the other teams, but it's still us on 66 points, Spurs in fourth on 64, Arsenal in fifth on 63 and United, uh, in sixth on 61. 
And uh, more unpopular, Lester jumped wolves, who everyone was pulling for. So, um, yeah, it's it's going to be extremely tight uh, all the way to the end of the season. Uh, we, we did pull our wonderful 538 soccer power rankings because we enjoy doing that and bringing that up and taking that to the dialogue, as it were. As it stands, we have now pushed forward just a hair due to the fact that we played one more match than Arsenal at 52% to qualify with a top four spot ahead of Arsenal at 50%. United drops to 19% to qualify, and Tottenham has actually dipped just a touch. They were in the you know mid-80s. They're now down to 79. So uh, the ranking system is essentially saying that they should potentially, uh, you know, should qualify, but obviously they're Spurs. If there's something to bottle, they'll try to do it, Nick. They'll try to make it happen for us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Arsenal did us a huge favor over the weekend by sucking. Um, that was nice. <laughs> uh, let's hope they keep up that trend. I mean, United have been kind of wobbly lately, which is surprising because I think there was a time, you know, three or four weeks ago where I would have put them kind of squarely in third based on form, and they have they've certainly dipped a little bit. Um, that, that match, you know, and I'm sure we'll get into kind of the upcoming schedule here in a second, but that match against them, April 28th has all the potential to be kind of a top four decider and who, I mean, it could be real tight, uh, real tight by then. Well, and another thing too, and this is a, the interesting wrinkle as you think about Arsenal, they actually have not been a a hallmark of what they are when they are away from home this season. You know, they lost to Everton. They uh, drew with Spurs. They beat Huddersfield, but that's kind of everybody this season. They lost to City. They lost to West Ham. They lost to Liverpool. They drew with Brighton. They lost to Southampton. They drew with United. They, They have not been the same type of team when they have been away this season versus being at home. And... They also have to face Wolves coming in who hopefully will potentially be a little frustrated after after their FA Cup exit to continue to do the business and get some stuff done in the league. And I don't know. I, I'm, I'm feeling good-ish, Mike, about Arsenal potentially being the one to kind of fall a little bit further back to give us some ability to kind of lock down a top four finish. I don't know. I'm, you know, with five matches to go, um, six matches for the the three teams below us. It's it's kind of a to me. This is going to be an absolute shit show. That's going to come down to the last day, um, <laughs> and potentially how many goals are scored. So, you know, to me, I look at it. You know, we have what fifteen points up for grabs. I cannot imagine us finishing top four without winning four of those five matches, and I think that's a huge ask. And, you know, I think the problem of what we're seeing is that, you know, outside of Liverpool and City, uh, Chelsea, Tottenham, Arsenal and United can't really figure out who they are on what day against which opponent. You know, they've all had incredible games at times. They've all had horrible games. And I think, you know, I hope that what we're seeing is somewhat of a resurgence in which, you know, we're using, you know, we're just playing in a different way and, 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 you know, people are excited or they're excited to see, you know, some of the young guys starting and they're bringing a spark that we didn't see and it can just change matches just a little bit. And I think 
you know, I think we're, we were very lucky today. Um, I, and I think we have to just make a few more tweaks because I think we win that match for five, nothing had Giroud started. Uh, cause I think he would have linked up a few more passes in the final, final third to, to really seal off games. And I think we, we just have to be, we have to be clinical. We have to be cutthroat. And, you know, I, I'm really hoping that you know, when I watched this in the first half, how well we played and to only go in with the one goal lead, it made me very nervous. And I hope, I hope we can continue kind of doing our things to really put the pressure on the other three behind us, because I think, you know, I think that's going to be our biggest advantage right now is that, you know, one Liverpool is going to feel the pressure going into this weekend's match. Uh, we have nothing to, you know, we have stuff to lose, but they have everything to lose. And I think when you're playing scared, you make mistakes. And I hope that, you know, with the form that our team is in, especially Eden, that he's just going to feast off of, you know, Liverpool slips and slides and airs. Yep. So, well, and this is, it, it is the, the final... first, it is the first time though, Nick, that pretty much everyone is rooting for Chelsea, even if they hate us. Because as much as they hate us, Liverpool winning the Premier League, that, that chaos is a ladder, does not even begin to describe how terrible it would be for all other Premier League fans if Liverpool actually win the Premier League. Like, this is about Great. saving mankind. All of humankind yeah. will be saved with a Chelsea win this weekend. Liverpool are the White Walkers, is that what you're saying? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Brandon so didn't I, get that reference, but yeah, we'll no, go. No, he sure didn't. Everyone tweet at Brandon. He has never watched Game of Thrones. Ever. Um, never, ever. Yep. So last or our last matches in the Premier League, Liverpool away, Burnley at home on a freaking Monday night. Ugh, why? <laughs> why? Why? At least it's not away to Burnley on why? a Monday night. How did that get scheduled? Why? Thank you, Robert. Uh, Just for you. Yeah, United at home, or no, United away, Watford at home, Leicester away. So three of our last five on the road. That Leicester game is going to be tricky. Watford will be tricky. United could be a fight to the death. Burnley somehow will be tricky. <laughs> Liverpool is just going to be flat out hard. So you look at that in comparison to what the other, you know, not to be a wet rag on this you know, top four challenge, but you look at what we face versus what the other teams kind of fighting for those spots face. And yeah, I mean, we still, we still have a long, long uphill climb, you know, Brandon, before we can really think about top four. Well, I was looking at this. So Spurs have to play uh city in the champions league. Then they play Huddersfield. Then they play city and the return leg. And then a few days later, play City in the league. So City could absolutely just destroy Tottenham's entire season in the span of about 10 days. So come on, City, I guess. And City going to take their lunch money? I can only hope. Um, Arsenal Arsenal has Watford, I think. FA Cup finalists. Yep, so... They have Napoli in the Europa League, which, you know, that was a shit draw for them, but haha. Uh, Watford, then Napoli return leg. Palace, Wolves, Leicester, Brighton, and, I th- uh, and then Burnley, last game of the season. So, like, their, their schedule's not that challenging overall. I mean, they should, they should one, you know, kind of run the, the Premier League games that they have. United, 
you know, kind of similar thing here is they have West Ham on Saturday. <laughs> then they got Barcelona in the Champions League. Good luck there. Uh, Everton away. Uh, City at home. Then us. Oh, my God. Their schedule is unbelievable. See, they go Barcelona, West Ham, Barcelona, Everton, City, us, Huddersfield, and then Cardiff. So those last two games are pretty cake for them, to be honest. Yeah, and this just goes to show that our draw is so much more beneficial in Europe than everyone else's, right? Oh, like 100%. United, yeah. United playing Barcelona, Arsenal playing Napoli, Spurs and City playing each other, and who gives a shit about Liverpool? Um, but the point <laughs> is, like, the top four, the top four battle between third through sixth is like th- that context matters. I think because you know Arsenal aren't mentally strong, so if they get dumped out of the Europa League, like they're just gonna let the season fall apart. Same thing with Spurs. If they can't win at their new stadium against City and and, and things like that, United playing Barcelona, that could be a real humbling experience. I just think that, you know, now that we kind of got to this point, Mike, you're talking about how it's just so inconsistent with these teams. Um, you know, even a week schedule towards the end of the season doesn't mean that they're going to do the business. I think that's just, it's just so crazy. And, uh, you know, the, like the top four, we should find the table where it kind of shows you this, the graph of like where teams were after each match week. And oh, you can yeah. kind of see like the, the graph as the season progresses. That'll be really interesting to see because this isn't like uh, the last time we were in the league with Mourinho where we were in first place every, the entire season, essentially. Like this is teams jumping and hopping and skipping each other. It's been so, so crazy. Um, but just to bring it back to the team real quick, like one, if Edin wants to put himself on the shop window, this is the time to shine. And you know what? I hope he goes out and does it because that's only going to help Chelsea. We absolutely need Champions League, whether or not this transfer ban, registration ban goes through. Um, but most importantly, like I'm st- like Iguain is he's just not doing it for me this season. I know we were all really excited when he came in. I feel like we have a pretty good body of work to judge him on at this point. So I just kind of wanted to 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 end up a little bit with with Gonzalo Higuain and and kind of thoughts on him. And do you keep him? Has he been doing enough? Do you think there's enough potential in this system? Because um, no. I, I I haven't no. seen enough to to really get me excited about it. And then the 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 salt in the wound, Dan, is the Piatek for what thirty thirty five million. <laughs> Oh, yeah, you, you could have had Piatek. Um, all right, so so I think there's a couple of things here, which actually boils up or rolls up to some of the things that Mauricio Sarri has said in the past one to two weeks, some of which, which are really, really funny, which he talks about how he has nothing to take credit for when it comes to Ed Nizard, but it's really his mother who gets all the credit. Um, yeah. That was a phenomenal quote after yeah, the match. Well done. Well done. Very, man. very excellent. However, saying that, he needs more time and that he would like to sign Kovacic to a permanent deal are, I think, probably very distressing or concerning types of comments on the back of actually what he has managed effectively in terms of some really, really successful results in succession. And so I guess my concern would be is that, you know, we, we've kind of been able to pull back about this whole narrative and, you know, the the negativity and, and the the talking points that some members of the 
you know, the, the Chelsea fandom have talked about, you know, you know, sorry, a, a Chelsea man, quote unquote, and, and what that means is, you know, a very nebulous kind of thought to begin with. But he, he clearly cared in this match and clearly was completely bought into the idea of what it meant to be and has talked about what this club means. And, and so I think that that is not even a co- point of conversation I would kind of engender in any type of way. But when it comes to some of the things he's saying about particular players and personnel, that is concerning to me, Mike, because ultimately Higuain has not shown an ability to go out and be successful in the Premier League, looks a little bit past it. And then you know Kovacic now has kind of fallen below Ruben Loftus-Cheek. And if Ruben can finish the season healthy, which is a big asterisk mark, then why would we go spend you know, 50 million or whatever it is, or discount Eden Hazard potentially to secure Kovacic's services when we know we have a first choice starting midfielder in Ruben Loftus-Cheek, which then if the registration ban is, you know, stayed for the summer, we can go sign some other players in other positions of need that are way more important. The, the Hold up really quick. The math now is not, Mike, the transfer free for Hazard, which has been rumored to be somewhere around 100 million pounds. The math that you have to take into account is whether keeping him for another season is worth sacrificing 100 million pounds. No, that's no, that's what you have look, to do in your head if you're Chelsea. Right. Because that's what it means. Of He's course. That good. Look, I, but, I, I think you we have to separate a couple things. I, I think as a manager, you know, I, I think a lot of comments that have come from sorry have turned people off people have been upset about the roller coaster of the season but you know to me we had a freaking roller coaster of a season last year as well and we're sitting higher than where we were um look i'm not i was disappointed in you know iguayin's play today but again this was his ninth his ninth match maybe tenth match and so i think that people are I think there's going to be an interesting situation if we if we finish out the season top top four, you know, say we finish third or fourth, and we win the Europa League, and with all the shit that everybody's talked about, sorry, you know, wanting to fire him, thinking that the system doesn't work, and blah 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 blah, you know, we know we have issues with strikers. I love Olivier Giroud, but again, he's not the answer to lead the line for an entire another season Sign by himself. He's a great he's a great backup, and I would I think that. You know he's he's battle tested. He's he loves the club. He plays well, but I think we have multiple issues of what we need to we need to improve some of the player positions that we have. Now I would agree that I think Ruben has put a, made a case for that position, and I think that's great. But I also I have no problem with a manager saying, "Look, I really like a player." You know we we're not there for the for the day to day to see how these guys perform and practice and everything else. And I think that, you know, sometimes maybe you don't have everything put together on the field, but we know that from talking with Pat Nevin and some of the other players that there are players that impact the the locker room and other things positively, regardless of maybe how they play. So I'm not, I'm not putting too much weight on it. And I know people love to focus on this and, you know, if that's what you want to do, that's great. But I think that, you know, some credit needs to be given to Sari. You know, it's been a it's been a bit of a shitty season at times, but it's also been a pretty good season at times as well. And you know, this was supposed to be a rebuilding season, and we started off really hot, and then we hit 
we 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 plateaued and we hit some hard spots and i think if you reversed how we started with you know kind of how we the midseason i think we have a different narrative completely and i just i don't know you 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 can't like look if if one of our major criticisms and it has been and we stand by this i think of sorry has been his inflexibility then what he's shown us over the past 3 or so matches okay you you know maybe you're learning maybe yeah. this is something that you know you've adapted and you've changed and maybe i'm seeing a little bit of a flash of what you could do if you know if you weren't so rigid but his his fate will be sealed at the end of the year and 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 not and not right now like i i think we have to get to the end of the year uh and and just see what's going on i mean i think the question that i would have brandon and and you just said no to me on this if Eden Hazard is this good, why wouldn't you think about just keeping him for his last year? Like, why not? Yeah. Because the club has, like, I don't think you can earn a hundred million by keeping him. Just balance. Well, no, no, no. Balance sheet. No, no, no. You, you get, you get zero pounds if you keep him, but yeah, but like my point million is, is not enough for one leg of his. Well, okay. A hundred million is just the arbitrary number that's been thrown around right now. Like, obviously we don't know facts and, right. and, numbers but my i guess my point is from the club standpoint, from the balance sheet okay can you earn a hundred million by keeping him the only way to do that is essentially win the champions league yeah but you can earn 50 million easy by continuing to qualify for the champions league next year so then you're talking about potentially just needing to make up the 50 million dollar difference and if you can put something together and, and that's a Pulisic, <laughs> right? That's so I'm saying well, like you, you, get, well, let's, you can let's maybe, talk about that when we've seen maybe get 50 million and then you lose 50 million. You can be guaranteed a hundred or more, right? 150, 100, 100 depends on how desperate Real Madrid are. And I think that if Zidane tells them to go get him, that Real Madrid are going to have to pay whatever they want because you can guarantee that when Zinedine took that job, they said, whatever, you get whoever and whatever you want, and, and that's the only way they got him to come back. So I actually think Chelsea in a good position. Yeah, look, he could he could go, and our our friend Liam Toomey uh, tweeted out this at the end of the, the match, and I think he's as right as anybody. He said, I've said it before and I'll say it again. The best bit of my job is getting to watch Eden Hazard play football. Um, I think a lot of people are feeling that warmth and love for Eden Hazard right now. And it's not to say that he hasn't, you know, had some peaks and valleys this season. Like we, we know just kind of what his track record says, but man, like I, I would be seriously considering, you know, if he said he wants to go to Madrid, if I were the club, I'd say, look, you can go to Madrid at the end of next year. Like you're too important to us, and you know uh, you you would just hope he doesn't throw a hissy fit, Dan. Like at that point, but um, I mean, he's he's never you know never in any scenario has shown that he's going to do anything to really put the club in a bad position. I, I think the the best thing that can happen if he is going to leave is that the club agrees to the fee, agrees to the transfer before the end of the season, so that we as supporters can say the right type of farewell, which is very, very hard to do in modern sports because of the way the deals are negotiated and put together because that last home game should be a testament to what he has brought to this club and how he has achieved and to the the spectacle 
that all of us have had the opportunity to witness for several seasons that he has brought to Chelsea. And that that is the one thing I would want. If it does end up happening that he does leave, I want us the opportunity to have that chance to say goodbye the right way. And if he manages to stay, holy hell, if we can get that registration ban removed for just the summer, we're going to work some more magic and continue to achieve at a very, very high level. And uh, that's where I think we should leave it. I mean, I just to you know wrap my point, just the fact is I, I would love him to stay um, without a doubt. Uh, unfortunately, with the Alex McGovern tweet thread about how wasteful Chelsea have been with transfer funds, it's also a little scary to think what $150 million net net profit would do to them. Um, there, it's such a weird situation, Nick. I like that. I I wasn't even taking in the potential transfer ban. What is even taking the potential of not being in the Champions League, which is still an, uh, a possibility? That you know, I, I've talked to some people who are like, "Yeah, oh, how's it going?" I'm like, "This is the weirdest season ever." Like, it is. not only results, but now what we're going into this summer, it's it's weird. And obviously, having Eden Hazard be the bright light throughout all of this has made it so great. I mean, you think back to his Liverpool goal in the FA Cup earlier in the season. He has done some incredible things this this year, um, and obviously you don't want to talk about about losing you know someone um, who who Didier Drogba has called a Chelsea legend. So let that settle the debate. I'd say, um, but <laughs> one to another, yeah, right. So to to me, it's um, yeah, he he's the bright light in an otherwise rocky turbulent season. It's tough, right? Like he is the Premier League's best player. He's our best player. Uh, he can do things that no other player in the league can do, frankly. I mean, and, and there are very few people in world football who can pull off the kind of things that he can pull off. So, uh, you know, I think let, let's just, you know, I think I would like to end it this way. Let's savor these last six matches or five matches, however many he has left as a Chelsea player this season and just see what happens. And if he chooses to go, man, uh, I, I don't even know how much gratitude you know there is to give, but I would give all of that because he's been a tremendous player for us, and and I just want to kind of enjoy it because it looks like he's playing loose and free right now, and if that's the case, best of luck to Liverpool, <laughs> best of luck to United, best of luck to everybody. Um, you know, it's it's going to be a show. Absolutely, I think. We'll go ahead and take credit. We'll take a, a note from you, Nick, and we'll wrap it up there. So, everyone, hey, thanks for sticking with us. I know, sorry we didn't have a typical Monday morning podcast, but obviously it's because Chelsea didn't play. So here we are, uh, Dan and Mikey, West Coasters. Thanks for jumping in in the middle of your evening, Nick, for staying up with us. Uh, but listeners, you've been fantastic. Get at us. Let us know what you think about the Edna Zard. Should he stay? Should he go? What can the club do to replace him if they have to? And overall, where does he rank amongst you know your your kind of history of Chelsea players? I think that he obviously deserves a, t- a ton of credit. Some people think if he leaves, all that goes away. So let us know what you think. Uh, and until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do: keep the blue flag flying high. <laughs>